You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome to I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'll try that in car. Hang on a second. Mark, serial number S179-276-SP. Service rank, Lieutenant Commander, position, First Officer, Science Officer, current assignment, USS Enterprise, commendations, Volcanian Scientific Legion of Honor, mm-hmm. Awards of Valor, twice decorated by Starfleet Command. Oh, well, that's good. But what I'm really not hearing there about, I mean, hot, hot Spock, is whether he <laughs> might possibly be a, a little bit sexually ambivalent. I mean, computer, what can you tell me? Data insufficient. Uh, well, that's not a no. <laughs> oh, Christ. I, uh, I didn't see you there. Um, hi, hi. I just want to know Work, how you were doing this week. Working away. Quick, shut this down. There we go. Right, brilliant. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, Chief Petty Officer. Don't sneak up on a bitch like that. I'm sorry. I'm God. so sorry. Well, I, I uh, rang the, the, the doorbell yeah. thingy. Uh, yeah, well, it's not, it's not working. In fact, actually, uh, yes, hang on. Uh, yes, it is. Hang on. Uh, did you not hear this noise? That no that means go away. Did it? Oh, yeah. That's not the that's not the please come in at your leisure sound. No. Okay. No, it's, it's it has such that. a pleasant chirp to it, though. I thought maybe perhaps. Yeah. Well, you know, I won't put you on report now, but uh, just okay. bear that in mind. Usually noted. Noted for future reference. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, oh, I suppose you want to talk about. Uh, Reviewing those old mission logs from um, the high era of the Enterprise, do you? Indeed, indeed. Star Trek. Strange New Worlds. I I know I have a weird way of saying it, Ben. Uh, Mm -hmm. Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8, nearing the end of Season 2. And what a weird season it has been. Mm -hmm. Uh, To put it lightly, just not even in a bad way. Just, it feels so different from the first season in some ways to me. Um, I really, spoiler alert for these, mm. I actually really liked both of these episodes. Uh, they could not be more different from one another. Well, it's a really short episode, but thank you very much for listening, listener. Um. <laughs> uh, let's, let's dive in uh, with the Jonathan Frakes directed episode seven called Those Old Scientists, which, by the way, now that title makes me laugh every time I read it. Uh, you could tell that there was some... I, I don't know. Uh, the, the writers on this were Catherine Lynn and Bill Wolkoff. Have they written on Lower Decks? Uh, at least one of them has. I remember looking that up at the time. Because, like... Some of the stuff, or at least the Lower Decks animated scenes had to be written by Lower Decks writers because that those old scientist jokes is just too good of a Lower Decks joke. And don't Uh, forget, 
those writers uh, that, that are credited in that way are only the head writers for the episode. So I'm right. going to guess, I, I said this at the time when we were watching it here, is that yeah. the Lower Decks character dialogue was purely written by people who write for Lower Decks yeah. without a question. Yeah. So, uh, and we get... Uh, this is the crossover with Star Trek Lower Decks, which is the animated show on Paramount+. And we get a mixture of animated and live action at the beginning and at the end of the episode. Uh, and done with some comedic effect that I think works relatively well. Uh, superb. So in the 24th century... This uh, for people who are like, what significance is that? If you don't know, that is in the future from where Star Trek Strange New Worlds takes place. Uh, d d well over 100 years into the future. Um, mm -hmm. Ensign, Brad, Ensign Brad Boimler of the USS Cerritos is assigned to investigate an ancient portal. The portal, which is powered by the rare substance Heronium, sends him back in time 120 years where he is taken aboard the Enterprise. Boimler struggles to contain his excitement at meeting his heroes and also prevent polluting the timeline with his knowledge of the future. The portal is then stolen by an Orion ship and Pike trades grain supplies to retrieve it. The attempt to return Boimler to the future with the last remaining Heronium uh, is made, but Ensign Beckett Mariner comes through the portal instead in a rescue attempt. Spock and Boimler are unsuccessful to try to synthesize Heronium so they can use the portal again while Mariner and Uhura work to translate engravings on the portal. Boimler realizes that the Heronium from the hull of a previous Starship Enterprise was incorporated into Pike's Enterprise, and this is used to send Boimler and Mariner back to their time while the Orions agree to accept credit for discovering the portal in exchange for allowing the enter uh, in exchange for allowing the enterprise to continue peacefully. Uh, ben, what did you make of episode seven? Let's not pretend that this was a well anything other than, than a sort of comedic romp because yeah. it wasn't um no this was the trouble with tribbles for this show or whatever yeah exactly that so um this was all about taking um jack quaid and um uh tawny newsome out of animated form into uh, uh what would you call it, live action form yeah and and seeing if it works and and it could have gone catastrophically wrong yeah um had it all been written by one team or the other team, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have worked. Had the actors not had such a brilliant understanding of of why their characters are so different. Um, I mean, stuff like the, not just the way that they speak to each other, yeah. um, because obviously Lower Decks, we get this kind of irreverent, informal conversation, even amongst the, the officers and so on. They, um, they speak like how people speak in comedy shows written in 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. And they don't talk like how Star Trek people talk to one another, and they speak at the speed of yeah, you know, sort of sassy characters, snappy, in witty. Yeah, yeah, and and that's very, very far removed from from really any of of Trek's history. Yeah, um, and you know, and they don't they don't try and lessen it. They don't try and even out the balance between the two shows. No, they, they are just their characters. Yep. Yeah, uh, and. It's odd because so many times you see voiceover artists in, um, you know, photographs or whatever of them, and they're so, 
different from the characters who they portray. Yeah, that it just it just doesn't work. Frankly, um, you couldn't possibly do this. But we're fortunate here that we have two actors from Lower Decks who d- do voice work. Who you know, there's nothing wrong with their um, their physical appearance that, that I feel makes like it jarring when you put them into. I was going to say, I feel like I feel like their characters are almost modeled after them in ways. Like they came yeah, really and, close. Yeah, and you do sometimes get that. I mean, if you look at other pictures of Jack Quaid or um, uh, uh, Tony Newsom, yeah. you, you, you do see. You know, a lot of work has gone into getting them to look like their characters. Sure, um, it's not a direct. No, kind of no, no, no. It's thing, not a one to one. Yeah. But loosely based, I think it's probably fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it does, you know. So we've got the setup is is sketchy. I mean, it's it's fine actually. It's not as jarring as one we're going to talk about in the next episode. We do, um, but there is a a sketchy setup which which puts us in this position, and, and it's a vehicle for a little bit of character development with um, with some of the uh, Strange New Worlds characters, uh, particularly when you see Jess Bush, um, Nurse Chapel. Uh, having her, her kind of moment when she fully accepts that, you know, ain't nothing going to happen realistically between uh, her and Spock in terms of properly this turning into a real relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, there is a bit of character development and stuff, which is nice. And again, this is one of the, the strengths of uh, the episodes that do it in Strange New Worlds in season one and, and now in season two a little bit, not as much as I'd like, is that we are seeing... Um, we're beginning to give a shit about the crew, yeah. which is crucial to to Trek. Every Trek series you've ever watched, you've got to care about more than three characters, otherwise it don't work. Um, I think probably Voyager managed it maybe the best of all because it was a far wider crew than people were, um, sort of immediately think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next Gen did it extremely well, um, and, and DS9. I mean, it was a cast of God knows how many. So, so many. It's nice to see some new Trek really leaning into it um the i think the other thing that makes this work is this kind of unique uh relationship between boimler and spock mm-hmm. so spock's just coming off the back of his um human brief brief moment as a human yeah uh and is clearly is sort of retaining some parts of the things he's he's learned from that i mean you know we know they're going to dissipate fairly quickly but it's necessary to keep it around for this this episode i think hence the timing of this episode i suppose um and so boimler who utterly fanboys for spock um is is just living his best life when he gets to work with him and that all feels super believable and spock instead of being kind of irritated by him as as you might see another Vulcan like Tuvok being or, or whatever. What you see is Spock kind of seeing an opportunity here to um to kind of lean into the things he's discovering a bit about himself as well, which is which is fun. Um but then I I, I think so much was made about the, the, the Boimler um and Spock dynamic and you know and Boimler's the the kind of nerd when it comes to this era era of uh of their predecessors, I guess, um, that it's really easy initially to overlook just how bloody good um, the rest of the performances are in this, for sure. I mean, it is a, a big like ensemble piece, this episode, but Tony Newsom is bloody brilliant as Mariner. 
um, she drives so many scenes in this episode and she gets kind of eclipsed a bit because she's driving a scene really well, but it be, it will be somebody else's line that you remember from it, I guess. Um, so, so there's that. I think Pike has quite a lot to do in this episode, but none of it's particularly memorable um, for me. I mean, so the point about Pike is it's, it's his, um, it's his birthday. Uh, yeah. I remember rightly. And, you know, and that's a sort of basically an official holiday on uh, on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, but it isn't in their era. Uh, but of course, it's the you know mustn't break temporal prime directive, which doesn't even exist yet at the time of Strange New Worlds. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and it, it it it's impossible, I think, to pick out of this episode all of the uh, like the the salient plot points in it because really they're not that important. We we gloss over, for example, the. Uh, the awkwardness of um, our two future visitors seeing Pike and going, oh shit, I wonder if he knows what happens to him. Yeah. Ah. And of course, Pike very quickly goes, yeah, don't worry, I know about it. Um, yeah, which I almost which forgot is- about because that was a, a plot thread in Discovery, uh, mm-hmm. which that feels like a long time ago now, but I'd almost forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Although I remember that, oddly enough, even though it was an eternity ago in Discovery, I do remember those scenes quite well as well which i oh, mean those, sure, yeah. Yeah, those were the scenes that that caused the fan base to demand that this series happened at all in the same way that you know frakes is now on board with um star trek legacy uh, it's give the fans what they want we cannot ignore yeah. just how many people are demanding it so you know the fan base drives star trek in in a way and it always has so and, and you know all all nerds all sci-fi fans like a like a crossover mm-hmm. and i think what you know given that season two hasn't perhaps lived up to the promise of season one i think the the fact that this is done in a way that, that I, I don't think there's anyone who wasn't pleased by by this episode i actually that's a lie i do know that a couple of people who weren't the internet does have opinions and it always will sure i mean but, there are people who don't like lower decks so yeah okay. I, I personally love lower decks because although i think like adult uh animation is is kind of being done to death at the moment and everything kind of looks and sounds the same in adult animation there are some exceptions mm-hmm. um and i think that whilst um, Lower Decks has the appearance of an awful lot of, of sort of Adult Swim stuff or whatever else. Yeah, I, I think it's. Um, I don't think it loses sight of what it is. It knows that this is a uh, a Star Trek property, and it's written it's written as a service to the fans, of course. But it also has in its own right its own plot in the same way that the Prodigy does. Uh, which, incidentally, by the way, uh, the extended trailer is currently out for, and it's confirming that season two will be arriving probably sooner rather than later. I don't think the air dates yet ah. confirmed, but it's it's coming. It's a coming. Where we'll watch it. Is, is this for like the, is this for like the UK release or whatever? Or uh, I think it's a global release. I'm going to guess it's going to get dumped on a streaming service somewhere because they're not doing great things with it. I think they're just planning on. No, it's it not on. There, they but. removed it from Paramount Plus. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think we we sort of briefly touched on this before, and it depends yeah. exactly what you read. But it's a combination of being related to film production tax credit and to um, a couple of issues around streaming deals and huh. all sorts of other stuff. But but one way or the other, it turns out we are definitely going to get it because they've been promoting it. And if you haven't watched Prodigy yet because you've been put off by the Nickelodeon branch of of track, yes 
and I swear to God, get past the first two episodes, and you'll really start to enjoy it, especially when we get Janeway proper. But yeah, the set um, the setup for it is kind of slow. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of clunky in places. Yeah. and there's one character in it who is the judge of Binks of the track world in the yeah. first two episodes, but rapidly, I think, loses that a little bit and becomes mm-hmm. a bit more of an interesting character. Well, good I luck don't... finding a place to watch it. Um, absolutely absolutely um because that is the, the problem <laughs> it will be but yeah i mean i'm speaking as fast as um but he knew some now but so yeah this episode is is a lot of fun don't take it too seriously for god's sake otherwise you will despise every part of it appreciate especially on a second viewing the fact that there is some um some narrative here that's that's adding yeah. to to who, who our main characters are i think a lot of people who didn't like this episode kind of felt that they sort of threw away because we've only getting 10 i think it's 10 episodes yep. in this season um by u.s standards that's a short season so yeah in the uk we're kind of used to doing what you can in anywhere between yeah. six and ten ten feels like an eternity over here yeah. um so i think there were people who felt a little bit cheated by the fact that you've got this I'm going to say novelty episode. And of course, as you'll know already by the time of recording, there is also a musical episode, which again, you would call a novelty episode, I suppose. Yes. I think people do feel a little bit by it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of share that view. Had the rest of the season up until now been banger after banger, I I would would just appreciate a week off just to sit back and enjoy. But we've we've not been there. Um, The... But, 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 but I think the other thing to say about this is that coming out of this episode, we see an animated version of the Strange New Worlds crew. Yeah. Um, clearly, just the animators wanted to bloody do that. I think. Yeah. I mean, they animated the uh, they animated the title sequence for which was superb. Strange New Worlds and, as well, including some references and, to Lower Decks. And if spoilers, listener, if you're uh, a fan of the slightly amended opening sequences, if you've not if you're not entirely up to date with watching Strange New Worlds, you've got another one to come this season. Um, hmm. They do fun things everywhere on on the new world of Star Trek, which is good. Yeah. But I do notice that Den of Geek was calling for the animated Academy Adventures of Christopher Pike, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I initially went, oh, yeah, though. And I'm kind of like, mm, I'm not against that, isn't I? I like that they the- covered for the animated bit by just drinking whatever the Orion stuff was. And they're like, what is this doing? Yes. Sp- yeah. Spock's arm is all cartoony and wiggly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, th- this this was bloody good fun. And these old, sorry, those old scientists is probably the best gag of this season. God, uh, that, that cracked me up so hard. So the the joke after they get back to the future and they're animated again, they get back on the Cerritos or whatever, and uh, he said something along the lines of like, "It was great to be in like the TOS era," which yeah is you know for for star trek fans means the original series but of course they can't say that because they live in the universe they're like what does tos mean and he's like those old scientists yeah (laughs) i like just so funny uh i i love that little nod to the fandom um I really love this adorable is boimler as a character i mean i I think he's adorable as a character in lower decks yeah i think I would like to have seen more of the Lower Decks characters in there. When we saw mm-hmm. uh, the away team of, I think, four people Lower Decks side of, of I that was team. hoping we would get to see all of them. And so was I. I uh, really was. But, you know, maybe another day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I, I loved it. And the fact that Frakes directed it, 
you know my views. I don't particularly rate him as an actor. However, um, he doesn't often put a foot wrong directing track. No, he does not. That for him. Yeah. Uh, it's already been covered a few places, but there's a scene where Boimler strides uh, Pike's uh, <laughs> uh, saddle and just goes Riker as he gets on it, does the old Riker maneuver, which apparently uh, Jack Quaid did uh, as an improv on the scene. <laughs> I see that. And they just kept it in because obviously it made everybody laugh, including Frakes. Uh, and uh, actually it was uh, in a really fun little interview segment where Frakes and Jack Quaid were in the, the ready room thing with Will Wheaton. And, mm. uh, you know, Boimler like looks up to uh, Riker or whatever. So like he wants to, do the Riker, you know, wants to copy Riker and Will Wheaton is talking about how funny that is because he would also do as Wesley, like sometimes do the Riker maneuver as well, but only because he looked up to Frakes and yeah. like thought it was so cool. So he was going to do it too. Frakes just, well, Frakes, the bastard used to just turn around and go, shut up Wesley. <laughs> right. And Frakes of course did this because like his back or whatever, I think, like, Apparently so. Although I think that's bollocks. I just think he was. Yeah, I think he I thought think it was, he was that guy. I think he just thought it was cool, cool as hell. Yeah, he uh, totally did. Anyway, I love this episode. Uh, I thought mm. this was so much fun. There's lots of great references. Uh, there even is a really sweet story in here with like Boimler and Number One, where he's like mm-hmm. kind of scared of her, but like in the you know not because of something she does, but like. You know, she's the like she's on a recruitment poster thingy that like he, she's <laughs> like he saw that and like it was part of the reason he wanted to be in. It's Starfleet. a bit mucky as well. He's got a picture yeah. of her on the inside of his locker yeah. for reasons. Reasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I like her reaction to that when she gets told that. though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, he also uh, he talks about how on the on the poster it has ad Astra per Aspera and she's like, they like that's on the, like she was just so taken aback and loved that so much. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't be doing that, but everything's okay. Like you can go by your bit. She was, it was a really sweet scene. Um, another Jonathan Archer got a, got a mention in this and more than, more than just him. So yeah, part of the, uh, so part of the solution to this is obviously they, they need this metal or whatever, uh, this heronium. And Boimler's like, they used heronium in like hull construction for like the old NX starships. And for a minute, I thought we were going to get like one of those like Picard scenes where you go to a, like a museum and we get to see the NX-01 or whatever. But, you know, uh, he's like, it's part of like Star, like not Star Trek, but Starfleet tradition that they use a piece of the old ship you know in building the new ship so there's a piece of the nx01 somewhere and it's in the engineering section and throughout this episode the enterprise crew is kind of annoyed by boimler a little bit because he is a little annoying and so is beckett to be honest he's a lot uh he's a lot they're both quite a bit uh and he can't stop fanboying or whatever Mm -hmm. uh but when they find this piece of the nx01 they start reminiscing about their heroes hmm. and you get like an archer name drop. You get, they talk about Travis, like who yeah. never gets talked about. Cause he was like, uh, Ortegas is like, 
Travis. Um, and they drop, uh, I think Uhura mentions Hoshi. And yep. I'm like, oh my God, I was so like, look, Enterprise is on the lower end of my favorite Star Trek shows. But I was so happy to hear them get mentioned because like along with Voyager, those are like the least talked about but, in like but not new just Trek. that. I mean, that episode has sparked um, a, a big fun movement again, which yeah. is the the call to uh, Jolene Blalock, who played mm-hmm. uh, to Paul in uh, Enterprise. To I mean, she's she left acting a long while ago. I think the last credit I can find for her was Starship Troopers three. Uh, oh wow, two thousand eight. Wow, which uh, also you know let's not talk about that movie because. God, I'm sure it's bad. terrible. Uh, yeah. Oh no, it really is garbage. I think she's popped up occasionally and done like little bits of cameo in like I'm getting, she must be in like a CSI or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my, the internet really is saying, well, hang on a moment. Topol theoretically could well be knocking around still at this point. Absolutely. So yeah. why haven't we seen her? And it would brilliant it would count for aging although i have to say having looked at a picture of her recently she still looked dang good mm. um but yeah i mean if for those of you don't remember the reason that uh she left acting after um after enterprise partly in truth must have been because i think they were all disappointed and slightly jaded by how that show got treated and yep. and so on and they, uh, they went down with a lot of the creative decisions and so on but i think the other reason uh which is probably far more serious for her was the absolutely fucking appalling way she was treated by the the leaders of the production team. Mm-hmm. Um, there were issues around objectification in terms of her Lots character, of the, which hadn't disappeared by the time they hit uh, 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 Jerry Ryan, of course. Nope. Um, so, you know, th- th- there were lots of reasons why, you know, things weren't right. But I I think it's really interesting that out of all the things that are referenced in this episode, that the one that seems to have really, really got some traction is the one that makes sense without having to do too much wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey stuff, and probably the most unlikely of all mm. of them, which is that Topol may well make an appearance at some point. I think, for what it's worth, she's more likely to make a wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey appearance in Lower Decks rather than yeah. uh, a... Um, uh, live-action appearance in Strange New World Season 3, but I'm here for either, because yeah. I would love to know, because T'Pol is a bit of a, a mystery for, for track fans as to what actually happened next with T'Pol. Yeah. So, and she deserves a good out, because mm-hmm. like some of her scenes really are some of the strongest in Enterprise. So, for sure. um, who knows? But I hope that gets some traction. Agreed. Um, what did you give Episode 7? Um, pure Joyride, four and a half. Yeah, I gave this a four and a half as well. Just excellent fun. Loved it. Uh, mm. Okay, episode eight, Under the Cloak of War. The Enterprise hosts Ambassador Dakra, a Klingon general who defected to the Federation during the Klingon War and is said to have killed his own officers when he learned that they had ordered attacks on civilians while fighting on the moon of Jagal. 
Veterans of the Federation Klingon War, including Ortegas, Umbenga, and Chapel, are uncomfortable with his presence. Umbenga and Chapel served at a field hospital on Jagal and witnessed the brutality of the Klingon forces under Dakra's command firsthand. Dakra invites Umbenga to, enjo- uh, to join his campaign for peace, citing the symbolic power of a partnership between the two men who are on opposing sides at Jagal and offers to help Umbenga find healing from the trauma he experienced. Umbenga rejects his offer and eventually reveals that he knows it was Dakra who ordered the attacks on the civilians. It was actually Umbenga who killed the Klingon officers, and uh, Dakra has been taking credit for it. A fight breaks out between the two of them, and Umbenga kills him with the same dagger he used to kill his officers. Umbenga tells Pike that he did not intend to kill him, but he does not regret it. So, hmm. interesting episode, Ben. What did you make of episode eight? Episode eight, talk about a sort of smash in styles. So we <laughs> go Could from... not be more opposite. Yeah, we go from comedy joyride to wait a minute is this ds9 um yeah serious war serious war episode with ptsd and and the sinister side of the federation a little bit in there as well because we've got their soldier serum um or or whatever yeah uh there is a lot going on in this episode um there's some um quite complicated callbacks to like C plots of old old Trek, and some of them are, are super subtle. Um, uh, I have to say, I spotted a couple of them myself. A, a number of them I only really became aware of when reading into them afterwards, and then going back and having a look back at them. But this is—it's odd because this episode is kind of led by Mbanga and Chapel, who are—you are, know—I can't keep fanboying about these two. Um, they are both brilliant actors and both of them have nailed their part i think this episode gave mbenga like a little bit more opportunity to to kind of flex his acting muscle a bit um and he was certainly up to it uh i like the interaction between these two outside of sickbay this is um you know well we all knew didn't we that chapel was a badass but now we know just how badass she is, um, mm-hmm. but only when full full of drugs. But when called for, yeah, <laughs> you know, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, is is Star Trek ever at its best when it's doing its dark side? I mean, I think most Star Trek fans, like deep dive Star Trek fans, would probably say it is because, well, because DS Nine told us all about that. Can you go too far? Yeah, and Discovery did that in places. Um, and we know that the fan base does not like that. So this would have been perhaps a slightly difficult um, thing to do. But uh, David Perez, who who wrote this, is a clever writer, and I think the there is a an almost Shakespearean element to the to the conclusion of, of this episode. Um, that's not to say that it was shooting at sort of highfalutin sort of um, drama in the way that. Uh, that TNG used to occasionally kind of reach for, but there is there is some clever, solid writing in this. Um, I will say, I think it's let down a little bit by some of the performances from, I have to say, Robert Wisdom uh, in particular, and that's um, Dakra. Uh, I don't know, it all felt a bit 
daft, but then it's easy to forget that the Klingons quite often feel a bit daft in Star mm-hmm. Trek. And again, spoilers, don't get me started on the next uh, episode of this podcast. But yeah. the the I, I'm fascinated by elements of it. Um, I do worry that the soldier serum protocol 12 thingy is going to be a bit like the luck virus in um, Red Dwarf in the sense that that shit's just going to keep on turning up whenever we need it uh, because it's a convenient plot device uh, for particularly two characters. I just have a feeling we're going to see that again. Um, What I don't like is that this episode was the one that sort of reminded us that they'd broken their contract with us. So we were told, I think, at the start of um, Strange New Worlds when it was commissioned and when we were being told what to get excited about, that it's the lead-up to um, the, the Kirk era Enterprise. And whilst we will see Kirk, it isn't a Kirk and Spock show. Well, this show, uh, this episode, started to drop James Kirk back into it again. And that will not be the last time before the end of this season, I'm sure. And it slightly annoys me that um, I di- I just wonder whether this is a um, a showrunner issue rather than the writer because it, it he seemed completely peripheral to the story. So I wonder whether this was the showrunner trying to keep that kind of underpinning element running. And I think it ever so slightly broke it a little bit for me. Um, mm-hmm. The the difficult sort of issue with how they're going to end this season when you look at this as being uh, a sort of probably the penultimate plot-based episode of this season um, is that we know there's going to be a big old gap between uh, this and season three of Strange New Worlds um, because of the uh, because of the strikes. Yeah, uh, they haven't even I don't think they've even they might have started, but I don't think they've got particularly off the ground with principal photography on season three. So we're going to see a big old gap. Yeah, um, but the the everything about this feels good. I like the dark tone to it. I worry that we've created a magic wand a little bit um, with the the you know jacked up uh, fighting drugs. Mm-hmm. But is it a solid outing for a, for an episode of Stranger Worlds? Yeah. Is it uh, another great episode for Chapel? Absolutely. Is it probably best episode yet for Mbanga? I would say just about. He's, he's, he's putting a good show elsewhere, but this this was a yeah. a step up for him. Um, uh, there are a few bits with the effects I thought were ropey, but that feels like I'm nitpicking a bit. Mm-hmm. I do think, as I say, I think it's just the fact that it irritates me that we're we're being shoved what feels so prematurely into a Kirk era of yeah. Star Trek when the whole joy of this was that we could, I guess, luxuriate in well, up to five years. That's what I of, feel like we should be getting, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I know there is an element of, of, of this that is based upon the fact that, you know, easy come, easy go, I'm afraid, with Star Trek properties at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, we, Discovery has you know, got three reboots and then got canned. Uh, they're pulling Prodigy after, uh, well, really after one season, but I suppose two, because we will technically get the, the second one eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff is coming and going. Picard was only limited run. It got an extra one, but that money came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
you know, we've got a number of other series uh, in the wings. We've, we've obviously got Section 31-based one. We've got the Academy-based one. We've got potentially Legacy, if if that gets off the ground. Yeah. And I think there's an element of fear uh, amongst the Strange New Worlds people that they had to cram in so many things they wanted to eventually do really early on. That's why we get a musical episode before the end of the season. Yeah. It's why we get the crossover with... Um, uh, lower decks and it's it's when they demonstrate to us with something of a smash cut from comedy to 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 dark track yeah that we get you know this sort of episode does it jar a bit yeah it does um what makes it jar perhaps a little bit extra depending on how you watch this is they fucked with us all didn't they according to our according to our little wall chart of when we can watch star trek yeah because this episode and the previous episode were brought out two days three days apart mm -hmm. which really confused so many people who were then talking about an episode online and everyone going wait wait on, which one yeah what? what uh so that was a bit weird um but yeah i mean episode seven came out to... two days after episode six came out that's right and then episode yeah. eight came out when episode seven should have come out that's it yeah which was really confusing um yeah. And it is still leaving a load of people at time of recording when uh, the musical episode's been out for three or four days. Yeah. Still saying, oh, I'm looking forward to the musical episode next week. Uh, eh. Yeah. So basically um, in a awesome. week, they got three mm. episodes. Yeah. Which again adds to this kind of rushed thing. Don't get me wrong. Like, keep throwing yeah. me track. I'll, I will absorb all of oh, you. Oh, yeah. And we will talk about but, it. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like I'm being rushed over something I, I want to enjoy, enjoy yeah. for longer, I, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, I love this episode. I thought this was really good. I mean, it's obviously a really stark contrast between the last episode and this one. Uh, I guess that's the way it goes when you've only got 10 slots uh, and you don't want to do too kind of, you know, gimmicky, for lack of a better word, episodes in a row. I guess they wouldn't want to do the mm. crossover and the musical back to back. Uh, but boy, what a weird sandwich this is, <laughs> because if you watch it in order, like we're not going to be back for a couple weeks cause we're doing two at a time. But mm. if you watch these all in a row or binge these, you get a funny animated crossover, very dark, serious war episode Big roller and yeah. happy musical or, you know, fun <laughs> musical episode or whatever. Uh, so such a, just a bizarre sandwich, uh, of, of episodes, uh, Chapel continues to be just an unexpected surprise. I mean, I feel like she's been sort of great from the get-go on the show, but she's yeah. been given more and more to do, and she's great, which is... I mean, it's just great, like, for this show and for the character. As I think about it, it's like... Uh, sometimes, sometimes, Ben, I have these intrusive thoughts of... Mm -hmm. I like the guy. Those chapel. I, no, no. All right. You're um, not spunking out on us, right? Okay. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm not like that, Ben. Uh, no, no. I have, uh, and uh, before you say it, not about Kirk or Spock either, because I was going to say it's about it's about Kirk. Um, but like, I like this show's Kirk, and I love this show's Spock. Mm. And sometimes when I'm watching this show, I'm like, you know what? I know I would get brutally beaten and buried in a grave out in the middle of the Mojave desert. If I say this out loud in a star Trek convention, oh, but I really wouldn't be mad if they just kept going and just ditched 
the old track and then just remade old track, but you know, made it good with with that. With better actors and better visual effects, and you can make the stories a little more updated. I know they did some of the stuff with the comics, like they retold yeah. some of the old uh, Star Trek episodes, but changed it them didn't up a make little them bit. Better. It just <laughs> it didn't make them worse. But yeah, it didn't that's make them true. Uh, well, I mean, it's really especially the second and third seasons. There's just like a, a bunch of terrible episodes in there all throughout. Mm. Most of like to me, Trek. TOS, those old scientists era Trek peaked in the first season. As far as I'm concerned, all the, all the greatest episodes are in the first season of the show. As far as I'm concerned, um, there, there is a good point made by, but I geek about, no, sorry about space.com about this episode though, mm-hmm. which talking about comparing it to, to old Trek or, or indeed like dark Trek from DS9, yeah. which is the, this is the first time we've seen, um, the Federation involved in ground warfare. Yeah. I mean, there's little hints at it in in other things here and there. There are but actually this. There are this DS9. Different. There is a DS9 episode that this harkens back to. Um, in the pale moonlight, yeah, yeah. So, like, other than that, you don't really get to see it, and especially not this time, like mm. ever. Um, you never see stuff like that. I guess. Uh, I guess the point I was trying to make—a a long way of saying. Uh, Chapel is so good in this show, and it's a shame that if I'm watching Trek chronologically after this is the original series, and mm. she is such a nothing character in that show. Like, <laughs> she just kind of exists and sort of appears every now and again, uh, and that's it. And the same for Umbanga as well, yeah. who is a captivating character this season. And for mm. me, this is his best outing, and he has had some yeah. good ones this, this season. And... Like in TOS, he's like Bones' assistant sometimes who gets name dropped more often than he actually is actually seen in the show. <laughs> uh, and it's almost a shame. Like in some ways it's good because it's like, yay, they're giving these characters some depth. It's just a shame yeah. that like none of that stuff exists in the original series. You don't get to see it because those characters barely exist, which is sort of a shame. They've done True. so much work. And it's that's part of the reason why part of me has like these dreams of like maybe they'll just remake TOS <laughs> with this cast. And well, don't forget though, mm-hmm. we have scope in certainly the sure. Section Thirty One stuff yeah. for for both of those characters actually, because neither of them have got a mm-hmm. particularly embedded future in yeah. in the the Trek universe after uh, after well after this really I suppose after. Um, uh, original series era so i mean it would be criminal to for for this generation of um trek makers to to build characters with with such strong performances as uh, as these two and not given that they control the rest of this universe as well not to try and utilize either the actors again which you know there's plenty of history for in, in trek there's yeah. loads of actors yep. who played multiple parts or alternatively um, I mean, I could see that happening with Mbanga because I think he, he as an actor is better than Mbanga as a character. Um, but I think Chapel, like, I get the feeling, I, mean, I think perhaps we see the way she she's thrown into this kind of MASH-type environment, but in the future, um, and we see how she responds to it. She's exactly the sort of person that I could quite readily imagine in Section 31 thinking, do you know what? We need a medic who's a badass. Um, Bev Crusher is busy. Uh, so she's pretty good. I 
I wouldn't be shocked to see her. I'd also love to see a scene of interaction between her and everyone's favorite rogue emperor. Oh, maybe. Because, hmm. Yeah. Right? I think I don't know. I'd, be, I'd be here for it. I'd yeah. be here for it. Um, so, uh, I feel like some of the things that really worked for me in this episode, I, I mean, number one, you sort of mentioned it. Like we get to see it, what it's like, like the ground combat stuff, rarely seen in Star Trek, but definitely mm-hmm. never seen in this era of Trek. I was a little taken aback by the whole, like you have super soldier serum, give it to our guys mm-hmm. uh, or whatever. And Umbang is like, I can't in good conscious, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, you know that shit's locked up in a vault. Um, yeah, on a certain space station there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I love, I love, you know, I love some of these ideas that are presented. Uh, obviously, you've got the war is hell stuff. The, uh, you know, the fog of war or whatever, clouding everything. Uh, I thought Star Trek gets so woke. I know. Right. Uh, (laughs) I thought the depictions like Mbenga's depictions of PTSD were actually the way they do. These are so like, like I have like minor, I would say maybe minor PTSD issues, but Mm. the way they do these now are so borderline triggering because it's like really anxiety filled uh to yeah. like the the sweating the breathe like the loud heart beaty sounds the really tight camera angles and mm. the sort of the the way it's filmed to sort of this confusion and everything uh boy those are just anxiety ridden scenes and episodes uh i thought they were excellent portrayals though and i loved so many of these scenes, I, I was kind of wondering, like, is this Doc Rock character exactly who he says he is? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is he, you know, he saw, like, which way the wind was blowing and, you know, uh, is a, in Klingon terms or whatever, is a dishonorable warrior. I Yeah, I, I think it's, his character was not helped by what I personally would say was a not brilliant performance, actually. I think, I think there's perhaps nuance in his character that wasn't on the page. Let's put it politely. Yeah. Um, it was weird. I did not expect Umbanga to essentially be like the ghost of Jagal, essentially. Uh, <laughs> although they do sort of set it up. It's like, you know, mm. they're like, you used to be a bad, it was literally one of those, like, I'm too old for this shit goes back into the, <laughs> You know, the he's, he's like John Wick or whatever, you know, like, ah, oh, I heard you used to be a badass or whatever. He's like, I don't do that anymore. Um, you know, except for when he has to. Uh, and then he's... I mean, I think they are rushing a little bit. And yeah. I do worry that his arc and and maybe a few others will be shorter than they should be because yeah. there must be a degree of panic. And, and as many, many people have pointed out, we know that there is a limited window um, for you know, this this show has a limited lifespan. And so when you accept that and you accept that there's no way that they're not going to introduce Kirk this heavily in order for us to be there and witness the the you know um the fixed point in, in canon time that is Pike ending up with beepy beep light. Um so 
you know, they've got a lot of work to do. There's going to be a lot of heavy lifting in whether it's season three, I think most likely, or potentially season four, if we're optimistic, for for this kind of rush towards the big plot, which we all know is coming regarding Pike and, and ultimately regarding Kirk. I think the reason that we're seeing so much Kirk right now is that that might be coming sooner rather than later. Part of me loves that idea because we get to see, you know, where that friendship began, I guess. Um, but then part of me is also super sad because, you know, it, this has been a fun journey so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what would you give episode eight? Uh, I agonized over this. I I put away my gripes about wider universe concerns and just as a piece of 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 track history as a bit of uh entertaining grittyish television for by track standards anyway uh this actually still gets a four and a half from me nice it didn't on first viewing by the way ah okay mm. so i mean it did get a four and a half from me but uh i really teetered on like maybe going four and three quarters i really did like this episode oh, wow. but okay. at the end of the day i settled on a on a four and a half which and feels fair because I was I was coming up from the other direction, so we've kind of we've balanced out. Yeah, we met in the middle. Yeah, uh, as we oftentimes do. Uh, well, we are nearly done with Star Trek: Strange New World season two. In fact, the next time we join you will be in a couple weeks, where we will talk about the final two episodes of the season. Yes, episode nine, mm-hmm. the penultimate, is already out. Uh, ben has seen it. I have not. <sighs> And, and you can get the soundtrack to it on YouTube, well, certainly on YouTube Music, and therefore I assume Spotify and all the other things. Yes. Uh, I, I would just give you a gentle nudge, listener, and say maybe the only tracks you really need to listen to are those that are performed solo by Uhura, which I think is only one in total. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Wow. Hot takes mm-hmm. already uh, mm-hmm. out of the gate. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So in the meantime, everybody, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can head, uh, head, head out, check out. That's what I'm looking for. It's been a long day where you can check out the archives of this show. Of course, this is a listener supported podcast and there are a couple ways you can help out there. If you so choose, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinema geekly. Uh, there's of course the merchandising store, Ben. This one, geeklymerch.com. That is the one. Uh, the one with the links in the show notes of this very episode. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast. Hit subscribe, and that way you can join us next time where we will be talking about the ending of Star Trek Strange New World Season 2, Episode 9, Subspace Rhapsody, and Episode 10, Hegemony. Hegemony.